are listening to Oh This Podcast on the Live 9 Podcast Network. This show may contain colorful language and topics. If you are sensitive to this, please be advised. Now on to the show. Welcome to another edition of Oh This Podcast. It is another edition. It is. Our 33rd edition. Our 33rd. Our 33. See, see. Es verdad. The verdad. We're going multilingual, bilingual. Es verde. Es also verde. You got Patrick here and Steve is also here joining me again for another edition of Oh This Podcast. It is our 33rd episode. It is our Patrick Ewing episode, and some might think of why Patrick Ewing. Why not do the Chicago greatest Scotty Pippen? I'll tell you why. I'm named after Patrick Ewing, and that's 100% true. You can take and go ask my dad about that. So that's why we're doing it here. <laughs> so, you know, screw you. We're doing it my way. We're doing it live here. Just so. like Limp Biscuit. did. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't know the reference right now. My but, way. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. Steve, how are you doing today? <laughs> well, I'm... I'm Doing good. I, I'm a little upset that you didn't catch my Limp Biscuit reference, but that's all right. I can live. I'll I'll be okay. Is it gonna make you break stuff? Oh, it could very well could. I mean, I don't I don't want to go on a whole bunch of puns on Limp Biscuit though, because then we're just gonna have a completely uh, uh brand new episode just of Limp Biscuit puns, and then I don't think anyone's gonna listen anymore. Just have faith that at some point. God in damn time, it! That's not I a Limp. I mean, it is a Limp Biscuit song, but it doesn't count. Yes, yes. But Steve, <laughs> before we just like spiral off into shit upon shit upon shit, why don't you tell people what they should know um, about the show? Yeah, I mean, we have a variety of options for which you could uh, uh, find our fine show on the internet. Uh, number one way to catch us would be to check us out at ohthispodcast.com. Uh, you can also like us, like the show on Facebook. Uh, we also have a Twitter if you want to follow us there in 140 characters because we didn't get bumped to 280 because we're not cool enough. Um, but yeah, then uh, also you can uh, check out our, you can download the shows, uh, subscribe, you know, anywhere you get, uh, you know, anywhere you prefer to get your podcast from, you can find us there. And uh, if you want to uh, support the show, there's a number of different ways you can do it. Uh, we also have a Patreon page if you're so inclined there. And uh, yeah, then uh, also, I mean, Patrick really likes getting fan mail. He's a, he's a big fan. He likes the tangible feeling of getting a letter in the mail uh, in, with glitter in it for some reason. So if you really want to you know, make Patrick's day, send him a letter with glitter in it yes absolutely just <laughs> glitter bomb me and i will just be or those little like markers that are like stamps where it's like hey i'm gonna stamp a smiley face on here and another one's like oh i'm gonna stamp a bird here like if you can work that into the mix too he, he's he likes that yes exactly <laughs> simple simple minds like simple things here but i do want to elaborate on the support part i posted this on our facebook page this weekend but if you do want to support us we have opened up a couple other opportunities mm -hmm. for it um indeed and it doesn't mean that you have to take in give us money or do Not that or anything like that um, if you do go to oh, this podcast.com slash support and if you're thinking about, you know, going to the movies and you're looking to get Fandango tickets or something like that, if you take and go on there and click the buy, purchasing like a gift card for from Fandango to use it for your movie will help us. We will earn some uh, uh, some much needed revenues from that. Also, if you take and go there and click on any of the banners from Amazon, you can take and do any of your shopping and that some of those proceeds from those sales will actually go to help support the show, which Indeed. is a very interesting thing, but that's a, that's a tough pitch for today. Uh, let's actually <laughs> Patrick with the hard sell, the bringing hard the closer. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I, I got to get, you know, set of steak knives. So, <laughs> uh, when in Rome. So you want to yeah. buy a computer? <laughs> a guy can dream about a set of steak knives. That's all. Right, right, right. So <laughs> in Chicago cutlery, none of this BS like Ginsu stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Cut through shoe leather. Oh, it's absolutely he needs his cut co brand. Yes, exactly, one hundred percent. So, without like going too far into that hard sell, let's tell everybody what we're drinking, and it's going to be a little different today. We're going to be sampling a higher ABV beer, which means yes. we're sampling less of them. But I have a feeling this is uh, going to be some motor oil stuff that's going to take in a ensue for some silliness to come. <laughs> yeah, this week uh, we uh, I've. Uh, I got in and I, well, over the weekend I was looking at the weather forecast before I came into Chicago and I saw that the weather was going to be chilly 
And I was like, huh, well, I have some beers that are good for chilly days. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about, you know, some fall beers and stuff, uh, you know, a couple episodes back. And uh, this uh, this one, I thought, one, I really wanted to drink it anyways. And two, uh, it's chilly outside. So, it, you know, it was a perfect storm. So uh, it, this there's chilly inside, too. <laughs> I made chilly this week, too. It's <laughs> fact. There is. That is a fact. Um, but uh, yes. So we are drinking from Dogfish Head. We're drinking their worldwide stout, which has been aged on oak and vanilla uh so it is a uh if i don't if anyone's familiar with worldwide stout it is a very uh boozy uh imperial stout it um this particular version of it uh clocks in at 16 and a half percent alcohol that's one six and a half (laughs) yes 16 like a like a sweet 16 uh and it is it is a sweet era if, if we're talking about uh uh sweet beers this is one of them um so this clocks in, like I said, it's sixteen and a half percent, and the reason for that is uh, it's just a a bomb of malt and uh, sweetness and sugar. Uh, so it it pours like pitch black um, with a like, almost like a motor oil consistency. Uh, it has a slight kind of tan head at the top of it, not much. It doesn't uh, it doesn't bu- bubble up or anything like that. It's very low carb, um, and uh, yeah, on the front end of it, I mean. You you just smell and you just get whiffs of like cocoa and booze, uh, like like almost like a brandy type uh, type booziness, uh, and then coffee and like burnt burnt sugar and caramel and uh, and then obviously a little bit of the oak, um, and then yeah when you drink it, uh, it's just I mean it tastes like dessert. Um, it's just really boozy. Uh, you get a little bit of fruit flavor uh, from uh, from it, and then uh, just some coffee and a ton, an absolute ton of vanilla. Um, and this is a, I, I've only been sitting on this for a little while, a couple months. So it, this is a beer that you could definitely age, um, and let sit for a while. The vanilla will fade out of it a little bit, but it'll actually, uh, balance out because the booziness will also kind of wear off too. Um, not totally obviously cause it's still 16 and a half percent, but for it, sure. it will mellow out a little bit over time. So this is one that you could definitely, uh, definitely put in, you know, and, and wait on, but, uh, we, I really felt like drinking it. So that's why we're doing it. And then, uh, yeah, so, and like I said, it, it is high alcohol and it is a heavy beer, but it's not, um, I mean, you can drink it. Like you obviously wouldn't want to be, you know, putting these back all night, but, uh, it is a, uh, it's relatively, uh, light in terms of, uh, the mouthfeel. Like it, it does pour a little heavier than most, you know, normal beers, but, uh, it's not something like you're not drinking sludge or anything. It's, it's well put together. Dogfish Head makes great beer, so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I wouldn't be put off by it. Like if you're, if you're trying to try some, you know, stouts and get in there, like you're not going to be like thinking that this is over the top necessarily as far as like, uh, you know, really big sludgy beers. So, um, yeah. And it, it's a 4.28 out of five on beer advocate, 99 on rate beer. Uh, it's, this is excellent stuff. Um, I'm really happy to, uh, have gotten a bottle and, uh, yeah, it's, it's well worth, uh, if you can find it, uh, it's, it's not a, of uh, Super common beer, uh, and probably most uh, like a Binnie's or Bevmo type place might get a couple bottles of it, but uh, they're not going to have like a a whole you know dedicated end case to it or anything like that. So you're going to be kind of lucky if you run into it, and if you do, pick up a bottle. It comes in a 12 ounce bottle, usually sold individually. Um, so they may or may not four pack them in certain spots, but uh, I think most of the places are breaking those four breaking any packs of them up and selling individual bottles just uh you know more sales for them so um but yeah it's a awesome beer a uh, great one for what we're dealing with uh, today we're talking worldwide stout so uh, we thought it was only fitting to uh, bust out a worldwide beer for the world series which is coming up right around the bend i thought you were thinking just more because it's worldwide stouts for worldwide web because we, we are on we, we, we put we, things we on the worldwide web the, the there's so many parables here Yes. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. It's going to get crazy up in here. So, yeah, let's talk about let's let's talk about this World Series. What do you got going on? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm really, really looking forward to this World Series. Yeah. Fresno um, Grizzlies parent team is actually playing at they it. They are. They are. Um, and uh, this was my the matchup I was hoping for once the uh, AL or, you know, the AL and the NL uh, had their championship series put together. Um, nothing against the Cubs, uh, but I really like watching what the Dodgers have done. They've been incredible this year. And uh, then the same thing on the uh, on the American League side, the Astros. I don't want to watch the goddamn Yankees. I grew – and it's not because I particularly hate the Yankees, like at this stage of my baseball fandom. It's I, it, it all reverts back to the fact that when I was a kid, all I had to watch was the goddamn Yankees all the time. 
wait, the goddamn Yankees? Yes, or the like goddamn the musical. Like? Yeah, the the musical, the non-musical, <laughs> every part of it. Jesus Christ! I mean, like a superstar. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, here while with we're all doing, these musicals, we, we got man. so much Broadway. I mean, hey, maybe we'll work in our Fred Durst musical. I mean, why not? Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. It's close to Houston. He's <laughs> from Jacksonville. I know. No, I was just saying Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, that that'll be his uh, his musical, a redneck fucker from Jacksonville, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, we're 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 too heavy on the Lit Biscuit already. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, this was this is what I was looking forward to uh, for the for the series. How about you? Did you? have any preference preferential matchups i kind of lost it at the all-star break so okay. i was like sliding you tuned in. out yeah i <laughs> tuned out i was like man it's already football season it's a deceptive part of it but i, I do like the world series a lot i think that the dodgers in it are going to be interesting it's, it was an interesting story like how hot they were and then they went what 17 games and one they were cold one yeah. and 16 and they still were what 30 games <laughs> over 500 yeah like it's it, it's an insane thing to think about and it's like it's coming from a bunch of different uh you know they've got great pitching and they've got great at bats like it's gonna be interesting but houston we saw them play when uh we were down in anaheim mm-hmm. uh yeah and they can field like it's a very interesting um it's an interesting matchup i think it could go six i think it no I'm not saying I think it could go. Well, six. let's hold. Let's hold your predictions until the end. Okay. Let's well, hold your predictions because yeah. well, because I got to compare and I don't want to roll out my prediction yet. Damn uh, it. Okay. Fine. <laughs> fine. I, I I'm like not too like enthralled with the October baseball unless it's like you, you can do the teams. Like the thing that I hate is like watching a baseball game that starts at like a 9:05 start. Yeah, it is it, tough. It, it's rough because and you, the only interesting parts of them are like the last five innings generally. Unless you have like an amazing pitchers duel where it's good, but usually the last five innings of any of the World Series games, like people go on very very short rest. Like yeah. you have you have no idea what's gonna happen. Oh, with specialized bullpens too, like the games are getting dragged out and dragged out, and it's even worse in the playoffs because uh, they have more people on the. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, well, it's it's you have just higher leverage situations, and you don't necessarily want to use guys in certain situations, and it's it just becomes. Uh, it, like I, I don't, I don't not like it because I think that I like seeing the best matchups possible. But at the same time, it does become tedious to watch at points where it's like, I mean, we watched a, a Cubs game during the during the playoffs, and it was like four and a half hours, and I'm sitting there looking at my watch. I'm like, God damn it! Like I'm on the West way? Coast, you know? and I'm on the West Coast, and this game is taking that long. Like the game is two hours behind. Like you know, and I, c- I can only imagine watching on the East Coast. Like it would be a nightmare. Um, from a viewing standpoint, not that it would be a terrible matchup, but from a viewing standpoint, to have to watch the Yankees and the Dodgers because oh, then yeah. you're on both sides of the damn country, you're three hours apart, and the times the the times for starts are just gonna would be just obnoxious. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's weird because like you, t- I think it's a different dynamic of obviously the sport being different, but you can take and give me a three and a half hour hockey game that goes into like multiple OTs sure. and that would be, I would stay up f- like the first game of the Stanley cup finals. And right. Right. Uh, what was it? 2013. Uh, was it when they played Boston when the, yeah. Yeah. That was the, you're talking about the Hawks the playing Hawks Boston. Bo- yeah. In tw- yeah. 2013. Yeah. yeah. And it went what? Seven OTs. I don't know if that was that. No, it wasn't seven overtimes and I don't think it was that, that game. I think you might be thinking of like, I'm thinking of the one where they had the thunderstorm. Um, yeah, I don't recall. I mean, there was the one against Nashville, which went three or four OTs. Um, but regardless, like, so you're like, yeah, talking, like, the action is there. It, it's there. And yeah. it's like, okay, that makes sense. But like positional, like you get this pitcher up, okay, right. he throws two batters and then you get this one up because you have a bullpen that's super, super deep now. Then you're just sitting there and, oh, now I'm going to bring in this starting pitcher to throw against this one. And the rotations and the matchups, I'm like, the worst is when it starts to come into extra innings and yeah. no one left to play. And it's like. Okay, somebody's got to win this at some point in time. Like, I don't know that to me, but B- World Series baseball is exciting though. Like, like the game from 1995, the home run derby <laughs> on that. I thought that's what we were talking about this whole time. <laughs> yeah, right. So, like, you know, I was talking about like Cecil Fielder and Mo Vaughn hitting home runs and that. God, I, I remember being on the, the playing the the White Sox on the team on that, and they were just at the, the well the sound effects. I played that game so damn much. Oh lord, yeah, that was that was an enjoyable one, but. Uh, so as far as the games are concerned for the for the World Series here, um, the what I'm one thing that I'm looking forward to is seeing Justin Verlander pitch again in a high stakes situation. 
Um, I'm really glad that uh, he got traded to a team that matters. Uh, when, well, you know, and then he, he accepted that trade. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, okay, I'm actually going to finally do this, accept the trade, because he had a no trade clause. Right, absolutely. And uh, But he is, like, he's one, one of the most fun pitchers to watch. I think in my, you know, like, just from like high school on, like he's he's been there for so long and so durable and uh, and just a phenomenal talent, a brilliant pitcher. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I I really one thing that struck me too is like the so Sports Illustrated and I got I think this was three years ago they put out on their cover like the t- 2017 World Series champions are the Houston Astros, and we'll tell you why. So like that obviously is a fairly bold prediction, um, but it was all based on like how they restructured their organization. I mean, if you if if you recall, and even if you don't, I'll tell you and that's the, why the, the Astros them. the Astros were hot garbage for years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, winning they're... winning you know under under sixty games um, one year and just just being horrendous. Uh, but it was all retooling their organization they went like full-fledged analytics based um they they were saying i saw earlier today i was reading a tweet that was i think it might have been bob nightingale or someone else he was saying that the it's interesting like the two teams that are in the world series the dodgers have the most uh people employed in their analytics department of any mlb organization and the astros are the most reliant on uh analytics for their in-game decision making of any team in major league baseball i mean it's really interesting to think because they were what I think it was 2005 was the last time they were in the World Series. Mm-hmm. Beat the Astros, beat the Cardinals in the NLCS, which was the uh, very odd to me because that Albert Pujols. We're gonna keep saying the it, the, the uh, Albert Pujols uh, Brad Lidge uh, career Lid, ender, the Lidge one satellite that's still currently orbiting. Yeah, it's still. Cor- <laughs> oh God, that's insane. But it's like they were good there, but they got swept in the World Series, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, and, four games. You know, four games and against the White Sox, which is awesome. But then. It's interesting to see how they went, uh, they being Houston, went into this like, okay, we're going to rebuild and retool and get rid Well, they of fell apart. I mean, they in yeah. that 05 team was so reliant on, on veterans. I mean, they had Craig Biggio at the end of his career, Jeff Bagwell at the end of his career, oh, was it Roger Clemens. They had Andy Pettit. Awesomeness, uh, I think, was there. I mean, they their team was like soup was just really old. I mean, they had Morgan Ensberg who had a crazy good season and then just did nothing the rest of his career. Um, and they had Carlos Beltran, like a young Carlos a young Beltran. Carlos, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like they they were definitely a uh, um, a veteran heavy team, and uh, that it was bound to have to blow up and and rebuild and. They were really, really bad and for a long time, and uh, they. It gives me hope as a White Sox fan because the White Sox have done a similar thing. Yeah, I think they just took a few years later to start that. Yeah. Um. I, I granted, they're not doing the full analytics stuff like that, but they're, they do more now than they did before. Well, I think it's more socially acceptable in the game to do it. The people are understanding that math and computers are really smart, a little bit smarter than you know humans can be sometimes so. it's it's not and it's it's a com- i mean this could be an entire show if we wanted to debate you know scouting versus analytics it, sh- it should be paired it's uh, they sh- they go hand in hand right you um, can't have one be truly right you can't, it can't be truly binary in one way or the other because you have to be able to spot uh tendencies that are wrong yes. in the data but you also have to spot tendencies that are wrong within scouts and also player evaluation specialist. Well, yeah, I mean, scouting can tell you uh, any number of things, you know, a computer, you know, crunching numbers and, and you know, proposing particular matchups is great and, that, and it has value. And the, I mean, there's tons and, abs- I mean, mountains of data that you can pull, you know, from from baseball. Uh, but uh, scouting really comes into play. It's like when you need to make adjustments mechanically and things like that, um, you have you have to have a scout. Like whether, even even if you have a computer analyzing a swing, you need someone to interpret that because it's different for everyone. Or you need uh, George Casanza not having sex <laughs> to analyze your swing. <laughs> I don't know. We got a hole in a turtle swing. <laughs> got to fix that one. So um, it'll be interesting because we're going to be in Las Vegas for Game Four and Game Five of this World Series. I, we were, I was just talking about that the other day. I was like, shake the under. Like, <laughs> like I'm going to be like, I've never been to Vegas for any sort of championship game other than like a, bowl, a football a potential, bowl game. A potential clincher. Yeah. Like that. It's going to be wild. Like, and I got to imagine that it's going to be packed with Dodgers fans. Like, especially oh, yeah, absolutely. If, 
um, especially if it's going up to a, uh, you know, like if the Dodgers are running away with it and could clinch in game four or game five. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, like it's going to be kind of an interesting experience. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so we talked a little bit about Houston and the Astros and all that stuff and what is it, Minute Maid Park yep. uh, and all that uh, lovely jazz. Let's talk about the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it, it would we, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't even talk about Clayton Kershaw as, you know, potentially going to be the NL Cy Young again. Um, uh, probably not, but, uh, I mean... Dominant, though, like... He's he's he lost carried. a little he's lost a little bit of his of his stuff. I mean his playoff numbers aren't necessarily spectacular, but playoffs are small sample. I'll take Clayton Kershaw any day of the week. It's that's not anything disparaging him. It's just uh it just seems like uh you know, it hasn't been him uh necessarily like at his best and brightest on, on this stage, but I mean, it's small sample size, so it's nothing to get like concerned over. Yeah, I mean, Clayton Kershaw is incredible. I can't wait to watch Yasiel Puig in the, in the World Series. I love Yasiel Puig. If you don't, I don't care. Um, and if you don't like bat flipping and fun, then uh, you know, go. I guess go listen to something else. I right. don't know. Well, uh, Batista I, started it last year. Oh well, that was a couple years ago. But I mean, the was it a couple years ago? Yeah, that was last year. No, it was a couple that. years okay. ago. But that was a home run. That was very much. Yes. that was awesome. No, I mean, like the game is better when it's played with passion i i understand like you don't necessarily want to show people up and things like that but guess what you're playing professional sports you're all athletes uh competing at the highest level it's like i want people to be excited when they do something cool and like it's it's i feel like it's almost a little biased towards hitters because like oh you know he's pimping that home run or whatever it's like yeah but if a guy strikes someone out and like fist you know fist pumps and yells or whatever it's like you know, hardly anyone gets on a pitcher. Uh, but if a guy, you know, flings his bat in a certain manner, it's a problem. It's like, get, get the hell out of here. Like, it's fun. I want to see guys competing. Uh, yeah. I mean, sh- sure. There, there are lines that can be crossed, but, uh, more, more often than not, they're, n- they're not being crossed. Yeah. I know that you, I noticed that you brought a baseball bat into the studio to flip it after the end of the show. Like you just toss it <laughs> straight up, but like, let's talk about the with the Dodgers. The thing that's interesting is, like, I didn't realize that this is the first time that they're in the World Series. Since uh, uh, for 29, 29 years, right? years. Yeah. It seems like they've been there for, like, the past 10 years around it. Like, yeah. in the playoffs, in the hunt, like, you know, since 2007. But then they always get overshadowed by, you know, someone like the Giants comes out. Or they just, you know, fizzle out in the wild card or something yeah, like that. I mean, that. The, like, the key that you want is you just want is I mean – Baseball playoffs are random. It's too small of a sample to draw conclusions off of, and uh, it's individual matchups. Uh, it's a tournament. It's it's a fluke. Uh, you can't – I mean, yeah, certain guys are uh, – you, you try and rely on the back of their baseball card and say, hey, this guy is going to perform this way, but uh, it doesn't always happen just because it's a small sample, and exactly, uh, it's exactly. a tournament. And, yeah, like some, the best team doesn't always win. The, the best team – throughout the season doesn't always win the world series this year it's interesting that we're you know we're getting both teams that had the best records in the world series and that'll be fun it will Uh, be fun the dodgers uh i mean i don't there's not a ton of flaws in their game uh same could be said for the, the the astros have a little bit of a jankier bullpen um and uh you know they but that's really their only like I, w- I wouldn't even call it a major flaw. It's just a flaw. Like the Dodgers are, just seem to be stacked. I mean, it's not that they can't be beaten, but uh, I, I just don't. Uh, I don't. It's not. I don't think it's going to be a a, a, a a series that goes. And you know, I don't think there's going to be sweeps. Now I've said this before about hockey, and I was egregiously wrong. Yeah, no um, sweeps at all. But uh, but but uh, there. You know, we we're we're dealing with the World Series here. Uh, um, not the first round of the playoffs, so right, uh, right, right. Uh, I'm I'm more confident that uh, that that won't be the case in this in this situation. Okay, from my perspective, from my chair right now, I think it's going to go six. Mm-hmm. I think it could go seven. I I also have six. Um, and I think it's going to be the Dodgers. Patrick's pick of the week. <laughs> no, Stone Cold Lock. Stone Cold Lock <laughs> is the buffet on Sunday. <laughs> uh, the Sterling brunch we're going to be going to. <laughs> Um, but no, I think it's going to be the Dodgers. I don't know. I just think the bats are going to come up there and I just think it's going to be, like you said, the bullpen's not going to be able to take Houston into it. You know, Verlander's not going to, he's going to be what, two games at best in the series. Yeah. I mean, Keuchel will get game one, Verlander game two, I believe is the way they've stacked their, uh, uh, situation. So he'll get, 
I mean, he'll get two for sure. Uh, if they go, if they go to five, yeah, he'll get he'll get two starts. Yeah, uh, because you're really running like a a three man rotation at best. I think with how specialized everything's become, uh, you're probably gonna run a three man rotation. You might go, f- I, yeah. I mean, the Astros pitchers are good, but uh, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think you have to go Keuchel one, four, and seven if he's available. Um, sure, sure. If, if it goes seven games. So. And I, I would take the under, and the reason I think that is, I think that was an anomaly, the three-home run game uh, to lock it. Was it the three-home run game to clinch it against the White, or against the Cubs for the Dodgers? Oh, yeah, when they ran up. What was it, a, like 11-1 or whatever in the yeah, that game? Yeah, uh, Grand Slam. I yeah, think and an at outlier. Wrigley with yeah. the wind blowing that week. Yeah. I, I think most – I think you'd be, we're going to see a lot less of hits. I think it's going to be more pitching. The ball – anecdotally um i don't know if they've ever you know empirically proven this but the the wives tale has always been that uh the ball doesn't carry at chavez ravine at night so um if that bears true yeah you won't expect a ton of home runs when they're playing in la yeah and i don't think it's gonna be as hot in houston i don't know i don't know when does the series start uh tomorrow night it's gonna be hot i believe tomorrow it's gonna night? Be hot yeah. in la yeah it's gonna be it's very gonna be warm a, uh, mid-90s i think all week so it's gonna be really interesting What's your pick? Uh, I have the same pick as you. That's why we do this show. <laughs> <laughs> Dodgers, Dodgers, and six. Uh, it's going to be good, though. I it's, think yeah, it's, I think every gonna... game should be competitive. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is finally the Dodgers' year. Uh, I would prefer the Astros to win because I like the Astros organization more, and their farm uh, system is and amazing. their farm system is incredible. But uh, I think it's going to be the Dodgers. I think they're finally going to get the monkey off their back. Yeah, and you know what? I think it's going to be great, like, and this is going to sound like a kumbaya, everybody's happy moment, but, you know, it's just a validation that this, this math and science can work. So I'm happy regardless either way. I'm not going to be mad if one wins or the other wins. No, exactly. I, I'm genuinely excited to watch this matchup uh, more than anything. Like, I, I was very excited to watch the World Series last year with the Cubs because it was a – you know, I'm not I'm not a Cubs fan. I'm a Sox fan, but I enjoy watching quality baseball. And the Cubs were awesome last year. They were don't get me wrong, they were great this year too. Um, but uh, they ran into a bandsaw with the with the Dodgers. So um, the the past few years of the playoffs have been really really good. And it, and it honestly, it had been a lull for me. So uh, as far as like getting into the playoffs, so it's been a, a little refreshing. Yeah. Before we move on to this, what do you what are your thoughts about like uh, since this is going to be the wrap up of the 2017 season? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a really interesting question for you in regards to managers. There were at least two that I know of that were fired. Yep. Yep. Um, playoffs like deep playoffs. Dusty. Yeah. yeah. And uh, up in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about that. Like, w- so you can get to the playoffs now, and if you're two years there, you take your team to the playoffs two years in a row, and you can get fired. Yeah. Like, I if you underperform. That. Yeah. I mean, like, how is that underperforming? Like, is it just because they lost? And well, I mean, I don't necessarily think that it's the right move to fire those managers, but it's a perception of underperformance. Uh, when you have a team like Boston, who was, I mean, really stacked as far as their pitching staff was concerned. A lot of good tail. Yeah, I mean, oh, and they're they're a really talented team. Um, I think it's, I think it's more interesting that Dusty Baker got fired, and I am not a Dusty Baker fan. Uh, I think he's a, I think he destroys pitching staffs, but uh, that I mean, it, it wasn't his fault this right. this time. Like, right? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, he he destroyed you know, a lot of the Cubs pitching staff when he was here as a manager. And he tried his damnedest to do it uh, in uh, Washington, uh, but the guys have held up. And uh, this year just it wasn't it wasn't his fault. It, I mean, it, he made – every every manager makes questionable decisions, and but he didn't make anything that was so egregious that couldn't be worked around. I think they just are trying, like – the Washington Nationals are an interesting organization because they, they don't want to spend money necessarily. They don't want to go over the top. Uh, and they like it seems like they change paths a lot. Uh, they it seems like they don't want to go over the top with all their players, but they'll pay Harper, they'll pay Strasburg. Well, absor- Harper Harper's not it. even paid yet. Like right. <laughs> just wait. Yeah, and they're they're not gonna, if if they're worried about money, they're not going to be able to pay Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper is going to get three hundred fifty to four hundred million dollars. Right, um, but they paid a lot for Strasburg. Yeah, but. That that's old money, honestly. In in terms of and, and baseball is a money printer. Like you should never worry 
about how much a baseball team spends. Like, unless it's not enough to be competitive. Like, if you have a very good team and you're not spending enough to put you over the top, that's when you should be concerned. You should never be concerned, like, oh, they're the Yankees. They're spending $270 million. That's that's great if you have a team that's going to spend that much money. Right. Yeah, it, may, it might not always work out in their best way, but it's like, hey, they're spending money and they're putting talent out on the field. Sure, I'll take that any day of the week rather than being stingy about it. And it's like, oh, well, we have a really good core, but we can't add any other pieces because we're not going to spend any money. And it's like, yeah, even though the te- every team has serious profitability and there's revenue sharing. Right, absolutely. Yeah. I just think it's interesting because like, you can look at it. it. It doesn't make sense. that like I guess there is that underperform aspect of it, but – I mean, you went to the playoffs and you had yeah. a winning, like a lot of teams would do that. And it's like, what are you thinking? What's over the next hill that you right. think is better to take and make you? Yeah. Like, I, who do you have lined up and what are you going to actually do? And I don't know if that's the case. I don't there, know. There have been some rumblings of like culturally the, in the Nationals clubhouse that Dusty Baker is too old school. And I can buy that. He's a, he's a former player. Um, you know, he comes from that, that, you know, era of old school management and everything like that uh i i could understand that and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily play and and not that it can't play but uh you have to incorporate new stuff into a modern game yeah absolutely and i that that was the rumbling that there was just there were it rubbed some players the wrong way and that's possible and who knows who those players are if it's bryce harper or if it's someone they you know plan on keeping then you know it might be time for a change for sure. Uh, with Farrell, um, I don't know. The Red Sox clubhouse has always, always seemed to be a mess like the past, I don't know, seven or eight years. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they, I mean, they had plenty of issues in their clubhouse this year with David Price and other stuff. I mean, Chris sales a, a nut. Um, so I don't know necessarily what the reasoning is there. I don't know if it's going to make them appreciably better or worse to bring in a different manager, but I think it's, I think it's changed for the sake of change. For sure, for yeah. sure. One last question before we move on to the next topic. The bold 2018 pick, the way too early Mel Kuyper draft pick, <laughs> Chicago White Sox 2018 record. Chicago White Sox 2018 record. Uh, I'm going to say 82 and 80. Above 500, two games above. above. A touch above 500. Okay. Um if they overperform, they're probably like an 85 to 86 win team. If they underperform, they're a 77 win team. Uh, that's probably the the approximate distribution of where they're at. They've got a lot of young talent coming up, and it's going to be really exciting. It's just I think it's a matter too of where it where that talent comes in at what point of the season. Certain guys are going to be at the beginning of the year. Certain guys are going to be mid season to late season call ups. Um, really, I'm not looking for anything out of them until 2019. But if they you know, if somehow magically they they catch a run. They might you know sniff around a wild card berth for a while. They, I don't think they're going to get to it, but it's possible. Yeah, they're going to have the Twins and they're going to have those Indians that are going to be tough. The Indians are tough. The Twins, I don't buy quite yet. Um, they're this year they were good. They were, but I don't know if I buy into them being as good as what they were this year. But that is for my winter analysis of things. Yes, we'll talk about that later. So. Very nice, very nice. So what are we talking about next? I think we're we're staying on this baseball track. We are. Right? We're going to stick on baseball, my man. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about. Uh, we're going we're going to go into our, our not fantasy sports per se, uh, as far as uh, you and know. not fantasy Mariah Carey. <laughs> yes, not not that either. Uh, but we're going to run through a little uh, uh, a life scenario here. And you and I are both uh, former ball players. You know, we've we've spent our time in the batter's box. And uh, we're going to talk about some pitchers who we not want to face in in our entire lives ever. Okay. Okay. Major league pitchers, because like I was going to. Well, say, yeah. Like, I mean, Timmy Timmy Johnson was probably you know dropping when he once he learned that uh, change up in fifth grade. I mean, you you were lost, but uh, <laughs> it was more like eighth grade when I couldn't <laughs> see the ball anymore, and I was like, oh, don't want to get hit by it. <laughs> that I started running out of the batter's box. But okay, so if we are like adults. And yeah. had some sort of like acumen and we're in the in the in the show, right? Yeah, or you're living a rookie of the year scenario, but you're just a hitter. Oh man, because I was gonna say like, you know, I was gonna say Henry Rowan Gardner. <laughs> one of the Rosenhusen. Rabbit Hoser, <laughs> Garden Hooser, uh was one of those that I didn't want to go to. Okay. So do we just want to list off a couple of them? Yeah, like of, where would you start? Where would you start? I would start with my number one being 
it's probably the number one that I'd be afraid of. Okay. The most. So I'll start with him first. Or we'll go reverse order. How's that? Sound? Okay, fine. Okay. My number four. I only picked four. Okay. Um, and this one is one that's deceptive because the reason I picked him was I picked Barry Zito. Okay. And it's not for the reason you guys think of Barry Zito. Because you can't adjust to an off-speed pitch. You can't adjust to that <laughs> off-speed pitch. I'll be Pedro Serrano completely one hundred percent. Fuck you, Jobu. Yeah. <laughs> bats, D-bats. Um, 100%. That 12-6 curve is the greatest thing that, you know, the <laughs> happened to the athletics organization ever. Yeah. It was the, the most, like, and it was, was that Moneyball or was that right after? Yeah, he was in the, he yeah. was in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like, that was one that's like, you look at this guy, he's like, okay, yeah, fastball of like maybe 85, but then this massive curve, and it is just like something that, I don't think like, and the reason is, it's like, okay, I don't think I could hit it. Like how, even if somebody's throwing 85 and has a changeup and then has that breaking ball, that 12-6 curve, how could you hit that? I don't have the slightest idea how I'd be able to do that. You know, I'd have to choke up on the bat, I'd have to go (laughs) way up in the front of the batter's box, and then I'd be like, okay, (laughs) Yeah, not, I mean, gonna happen. it's a it's a matter of staying back on the ball, which is a challenge when you have anyone who can throw a fastball, uh, which he could not do after a while of his career. But uh, on that, the front half of his career, he could mix his pitches up. Plus, he could he had a really uh, good speed control on on his curveball, so he could throw a faster one that was a little bit mm-hmm. flatter. He could throw the hammer. And then he uh, hit, you know, he could just mix it. He could mix and match it uh, to keep people as well, too. Yeah, I it, it mean, th- that's kind of what happens when you, you know, whether when you amp up a pitch, it's going to sl- it's gonna turn into closer to a slider type pitch. Um, and if you dial it back, then you get more hammer on it. But, uh, yeah, it's a uh, – that's that's a not a bad choice. I mean, for – you know, that's you knowing your – you know, that's self-scouting right yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what I can. But think also about this. You're playing like a, you know, and – Maybe an August series in uh, Oakland. You know, you're at the you're at the Coliseum, and you go with uh, Tim Hudson. Uh, I feel bad that you were in the Coliseum. No, no, you get like <laughs> you get a, like a one, two, three back in the day with Tim Hudson, Mark yeah. Mulder, and Barry Zito. Mm-hmm. Oh God, mm-hmm. yeah, they were. That was that was the reason they were able to win a lot of games. Yeah, they were really really deep. That that was a good. Uh, they had a good couple years there and then a decent stretch you, yeah when you can't pay people it uh kind of tends to fall apart well Mulder um, Mulder went to St. Louis and Zito went to the Giants and then um I think Hudson went to Atlanta Hudson bounced around um a little bit so yeah they but yeah bottom line is it, it got split up uh, mostly because of money um okay so for me going to let's start at number four um I'm going to go with – I didn't do mine in necessarily order, so I'm just going to rank here. And these are all time. It's any generation. Yeah, any generation. So I'm going to start with Bob Gibson. Ooh, very um, good one. Yeah, because he was terrifying, and I don't want to get killed. And he would he could throw the ball very, very hard, and he so what he, he would throw like – he said he threw like nine different pitches – like seven of which were actual pitches. One was a brush back and then one was, I'm going to hit you in the head. Absolutely. <laughs> you know who um, I think of like right when you said Bob Gibson, who's that? another great Cardinals pitcher, uh-huh. Lee Smith. Yep. Um, mostly for Bob. Gibson. I mean, they had, there was an advantage. The mound was taller. Uh, so you had guys coming down a fucking launching ramp at you. Um, so that also added to it. But, uh, yeah, that, that's my number four. Cause, uh, he not only, I mean, obviously a, just tremendously gifted pitcher, uh, but had that meanness too. And it's like, Oh God damn it. <laughs> like you got the psychological. Yeah, part, yeah like, exactly. Exactly. He would stare people down the the whole nine yards. So of course, you know, nowadays that would be a, you know, if you, you cross the wrong team, someone, you know, like Brian McCann throws a fucking shit fit about it. But uh, yeah, I, I like it. I, and I love that aspect of it. So uh, I'm not, I would never dog him for that. Plus he would probably hit me in the head if I did. So yeah. <laughs> you're going to shut up now about this. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. So going to my number three, it's an odd one, but we just got a bobblehead for this gentleman while oh, yes. we were in Anaheim, mm-hmm. former Houston Astros. I wouldn't say this an odd one. I mean, well for number three, I think you would be, um, former California angels. Great. Uh, Houston Astro, Texas, Texas Ranger, Ranger, Nolan Ryan, the Nolan Ryan express. I think for me, the reason I would be afraid is just the straight heat. A young Nolan Ryan yeah. with the control. The, the New York Mets, uh, right. <laughs> Nolan Ryan. Oh, God. Just the control that he had, and he could put the, you know, and also. Or lack of it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes if he wanted to throw. Like, he just threw hard. He threw real, real 
hard. And also, if you're Robin Ventura, you're going to get your ass beaten to him. So if I ended up like taking it, <laughs> you're going to get you're going to get Bobby Portis. Yes, or you're yeah. you're going to get Nico Miritich by Bobby Portis. Yeah, it was not good. Bulls reference. Yes. Yeah. Well, no one is going to just strike that. You're going to edit that out in post, right? Los Bulls. <laughs> yes, Los Bulls. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, Nolan Ryan. Uh, yeah, that's a that. I don't think there's anything. Uh, Surprising about that pick. I mean, yeah, I think guy all, through I, I think guy through smoke. The, I mean, seven no hitters. I think it was. Yeah, I yeah. think all of my uh, pitchers have played for the Astros. <laughs> the top three <laughs> at ones. one at one point or another. Yeah, yeah the that, top three. That's interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. So I they might go. be playing next week. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, my number three uh, is going to be a uh, legendary pitcher, obviously. Uh, but uh, I'm going to talk Greg Maddox. Ooh, interesting. Uh, not because Maddox ever. Th- I mean, he, he early did, in his career, he, he never threw heat. He, well, he threw. He could touch the low 90s when he As was in Cubs, his earlier yeah. days in his Cubs and uh, and front end with the uh, uh, front end with with the Braves. But uh, the he would just make me look like a jackass. Because that whole rotation, the Smoltz, Clavin. yes, but mostly Maddox because he's a fucking genius. And could throw any pitch he wants to any spot at any point in time and execute it perfectly. It, there was some. I, there's a crazy, ludicrous stat out there about Maddox, and I I don't have it right off the top of my head. But so he like over his career, he had like a hundred and ten or a hundred and forty instances, something like that, where he went three one on a on a hitter, and like eighty something of them were intentional walks. Really? Or 3-0. I think it was a 3-0 count. And like 80 of them were intentional walks. That's insane. <laughs> That's fucking disturbingly good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would just be a, I would just be a fool, and he would probably uh, – I would uh, – any of these guys would be and that's th- just th- three to four pitches at, at best. But uh, he – I think – I feel like he would make me look like the biggest jackass out of all of my picks. See, would all of your pitchers that you'd be afraid of be starters? Um, I, for me, I picked for, starters, I picked but starters. there are plenty of relievers w- that you could throw in the mix too. So, yeah, these I picked all starters. Me too. Me too. Yeah. So going for number two, and this one's going to be interesting because you could put him as number one, but number one is very daunting for mm-hmm. a lot of reasons. Uh, but number two, you go with uh, Boston Red Sox, New York Yankee, I think Toronto Blue Jay, mm-hmm. and Houston Astros. Yep. Uh, one of the persons who was at the head of the steroid scandals and everything like that, none other than the Rocket. Yeah, uh, Roger Clemens. Like I don't know. Like there's something about. I remember playing Roger Clemens baseball on NES, <laughs> and I couldn't even hit him off that. Let alone actually stepping into the batter's box and just like what is it consistently 98. Yeah, I mean he threw crazy hard, um, whether it was steroid aided or not. Um, Two fastballs, a slider, yeah. and a, I think he had a changeup, maybe a curve. He was, but the slider was like a ninety-two mile the an hour slider, pr- like, like in the prototypical like power, power pitcher, eighties, yeah. late eighties, early nineties yep. power pitcher, and it was just like he did it in both leagues, and he had stats in both of them with the hitting and not hitting. Jesus Christ! When he went to the National League, it was like shooting fish in a barrel. I mean, you getting an extra out, and you know three times a game if you're going you know through a lineup decently you're gonna get the pitcher three times just through so <laughs> so hard yeah i think for me i would look silly because i would not really want to get into the batter's box with them i would be this would be another one i'd be in the back back far corner is it done yet am i done so am which done? which roger clemens would would that be the most like what would you say you'd fear the most i'd probably like out of what team toronto toronto he was he ridiculous was real then. good in Toronto. <laughs> like Boston, he was still coming into his own, getting his speed up. Like he was just throwing there. Toronto, he was able to do that. I didn't think he was that like he was good as a Yankees pitcher. I, I didn't think that was his best career. It would probably go like I thought he did better in Houston, to be fair. Oh, well, I mean, and that was back when he was doing his, oh, will I retire? Won't I retire? Like I'm gonna come back and pitch like half a season or whatever. I will say that I am. He's pulling his Brett Favre. I am incredibly grateful that he got hurt in the World Series and his hamstring tightened up on him, and he could not finish pitching, because uh, that made the, a big difference for the White Sox. Oh yes, absolutely. Not that I think the White Sox would have lost that series, but 
uh, if you can avoid that that start and give them, you know, it's just a matter of giving giving a team life. And if you get the, him another start, then you, God knows what happens. So, um, I mean, isn't it interesting that they had Andy Pettit and Roger Clemens, yeah. the former Yankees, <laughs> like on that rotation at that time? Yeah, odd, very odd. So that's my number two. What about you? Yeah, so I will uh, a, a former another Red Sox, a Montreal Expo, um, Pedro Martinez. Yes, yes, Pedro. God. Yeah, uh, because of the combination of pitches for one and then the fact that he's not afraid to throw an old man on the ground <laughs> <laughs> that's bad but yes <laughs> like when he just fucking dropped on some which he has repeatedly you know said was wrong and obviously was but uh to be fair zimmer ran straight at him and was trying to get in his face so um it's not it's not like both parties were innocent but pay i mean pedro martinez masterful career uh one of the most dominant stretches of pitching in history um and 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 actually a very fun uh commentator i I actually really really like pedro martinez did he play for the mets too yes yeah towards the end of his uh career there yeah he was pitching for the mets yeah young pedro in an expos like why does everybody come up from the expos organization well the expos had a lot of talent back then yeah Yeah. and i think one of mine actually the top guy was drafted uh it's my top player. I think we have the same top guy. Yeah. Uh, Maybe for different reasons, but uh, I'll, let, I'll let you lay it, lay it on the line. Yeah, it may have been uh, drafted by, the, you know, the Montreal Expos. Uh, six foot ten <laughs> <laughs> standing on there. Uh, star of the great, great uh, feature film Little Big League <laughs> with Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, miss, one and only Mr. Randy Johnson. Yes. Because, like, six foot ten fireball 100 mile an hour fastball slider that's just absolutely insane i i'd be afraid um and the reason i would be afraid was if he did lose control which he had the most precision and accuracy ever i would be afraid that i would be like the bird that flew across (laughs) that he just like absolutely obliterated yes with a fastball like i had a video like i had someone one of my friends in middle school granted this is obviously long before youtube and things like that um, put that on a CD for me so that I could just have that video clip of him blowing up a bird. And it's like a seven-second clip. But, like, how the shit does that happen? Yeah. <laughs> like, how does the bird fly over at that exact time <laughs> that the pitch is going? Like, it's just, it's insane. And it's like, this is prior to Photoshop. And that bird goes, like, 40 feet the other direction once it gets hit. <laughs> it goes, but every, f- it's a yard sale yeah. of feathers. Just an absolute yard sale of feathers. It's just crazy. But yeah, Randy Johnson, terrific career, did it in multiple cities. Oh yeah, um, you know, I World mean, what? World yeah, Series in Seattle. Arizona. You had Arizona, New York. Man, that's those Seattle teams in the mid '90s were dangerous, and it's it's a shame that they didn't win anything. Yes, it is. It's a very big sh- like the early two thousands one two is a huge. I'd say like even being out there, like I'd say that the early two thousands ones they set the records for most wins and all that. The People that I remember talking to and fans and friends out there would be hard-pressed to say that the best time was the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. The Kingdom years where you had Griffey, you had, what, Joey Cora at second base. I think it was young. Yep. Edgar Martinez, yeah. A-Rod. Tino Martinez as well. <laughs> and then you had Buner. Like, the, that was just a stacked, like, it was just a stacked <laughs> team. And your ace is six foot ten. Like, no matter what, this guy has got physics on you. He doesn't need the higher mound, right? <laughs> and if he's up there, it's coming. The ball's coming from what seven foot three? At yeah, least? the the no it, higher than that. Yeah, what, the, like the physical the physical stature alone is a uh, is in just the crazy hair and the, you know just six foot ten and just down completely downhill. That ball is coming at you. Uh, the thing that terrifies me the most is the slider, um, and and I actually like because well, it starts on you, right, and it starts away from me. That's the problem. Because no, I'm right-handed, um, so it comes, it starts, uh, breaks in at me um, if I'm if I'm facing him, and the, I've never had a problem hitting lefties. Like I, I, you know, some people do. You know, I righty lefty matchup is usually a better matchup for the hitter, um, but. Uh, the fact of this that that slider, I just picture it like him completely burying it on my back knee, and like because I did this a million times in Ken Griffey baseball, I would if someone pissed me off, 
and I felt like hitting them, I would take Randy Johnson, I would throw his slider, and I would start it on the outside edge and then move it all the way over and hit the guy's legs and take the legs out from underneath him and it would like flip him over type thing. And that's exactly what I picture. If like if I'm in the batter's box, that's what that slider is going to do. And I'm going to miss it. A hundred out of a hundred times. Yeah, and can you imagine if you did were able to like protect yourself on that, and you just jam yourself with a ninety-four mile an hour slider <laughs> on the hands? Yeah. Like, you know how hard your hands would hurt for how many days? Like, it's just absolutely insane. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, the most comparable thing I think right now to his slider to Randy Johnson's setup would be Chris Sale, a little bit shorter. Um, but still in that in that same realm. The wide and they're, delivery. And they're very like similar deliveries, like tall, lanky guys, you know, and the same kind of pitch profile and everything. But uh yeah, that's oh god. I like I can just like imagine it like clipping me right in the back kneecap. <laughs> okay, so now that we've talked about pitchers that we wouldn't want to do, do you have any honorable honorable mentions that you have off your list? Hitter how about pitchers I would want to face? Yes, I have <laughs> one that I would want to face. One hundred percent. Um Pitchers that I would want to face, um, maybe Bartolo. I was going to say Bartolo Colon too, <laughs> just because. I would, although not I not not nineties <laughs> and early two thousands Bartolo, because that guy threw fucking heat. Right. Um, no, I'm talking about like this year yes, Bartolo Colon, and just and that's just to say, just yeah. to say, I did. Yeah. Not be he. Uh, I would most certainly strike out. Obviously, I would try to lay down a bunt to see if he could come off the mound. <laughs> just lay down a nice track like bunt, oompa loompa, <laughs> running off the thing. Like, how did? Were you seriously thinking of Bartolo? Because that's on yeah. my list. I was like, absolutely. We did not plan that. Absolutely, oh, Bartolo. I would. I would do. Uh, I would definitely say Bartolo would be just one because because of how fun and ridiculous he is and how great. I mean, Bartolo Colon's had a great career. It's awesome. Like I. He's going with the. He's trying to get up to Julio Franco age <laughs> before uh, riding off into the sunset. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's. I mean, good for him. I mean, that you make a, a very long, prosperous career out of uh, being able to throw strikes. Yep. Closers. Closers, man. Um. I'll go with mine. Okay. It's an easy one. Yeah. Trevor Hoffman. Okay. Collected Trevor, I mean, records. Great. I think that it would be difficult to take and do that. I think that, you know, people would say, like, Gagne would be one of them. Sure. Well, Mariano Rivera. Yeah, would be just insane. That, w- that would be my my one that I wouldn't want to face because I'd be sawed off Well, and constantly. then, like, yeah, people like the, the hurlers, like Wilson, mm-hmm. Fear in the Beard. Like, I think that's an interesting one. Um, closers are, like, a beast. Who's the guy? Um, I'm blanking now. Um was there a Yankees closer? There was like some guy a couple of years ago that was just absolutely insane. Mariano Rivera? No, a different <laughs> one. A different one. I'm blanking right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, that is not. Well, it's well, the Oki Vanilla the, finish. Yeah, that's, well, uh, I think the the most important thing is it it doesn't matter because you're gonna strike out anyways. Yeah, we're talking about <laughs> video game baseball too. <laughs> yeah, MLB. MLB the show. It's like, oh fuck. Yeah, that's a, that's about as close as we'd ever get, anyway. So to you know, if if you hit one off of uh, one of those guys on the show, uh, you should definitely bat flip it. They should add, they should add a. Uh, I don't know if they do because I don't have PlayStation, but can you bat flip it in the show? I don't know, but I'll try to flip the controller the next. Because in Griffey baseball for sixty four, you could put in the Griffey code, which was an automatic home run, and he would point the bat, which was cool. But beyond that, uh, that that was all you, all you could do. So I was beefing with PlayStation about that game. <laughs> I don't even want to touch that. Oh, well, Patrick, let's uh, let's wrap up with our last segment here because it is athletic related. Um, because you know, if you're out there on a, on a hot summer day and, uh, you know, say, you know, you're back behind the plate, you got the catcher's gear on um, six innings and, uh, you've got, uh, you know, you've got to maintain your performance and there's no better way than to drink a nice sugary, salty beverage. Nugenics. (laughs) Thanks, Frank Thomas. (laughs) Um, but, uh, so we got to talk about some sports drinks. So let's let's hit the big three here because there really are just I mean at least during our childhoods and uh, even even a little bit now there were really only three choices that you were having you'd get your Gatorade you got your Powerade and then you'd have the infamous or famous all sport notorious yes the notorious pick, pick your adjective on that one oh, God. so what uh, I mean we recently bought some Gatorade uh, when we were at podcast movement we bought a fucking goddamn 32 pack of gatorade because, yeah, by, because patrick by was we, le- you mean me patrick was left unattended in a costco and he decided to buy an entire flat of gatorade yes this is true <laughs> which now i 
will vouch for for two of the uh, flavor choices that were in that uh, large gargantuan pack of uh, of Gatorades because two those two are my favorite uh, flavors, which number one being the fantastic Glacier Freeze, uh, which could also be a superhero. Glacier Freeze. It could also be a porn star. <laughs> it could also be that. <laughs> you can take that a lot of different way, different ways. Ice and then cold. Riptide Rush. Again. It could be, <laughs> it could be either one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those are my two favorite flavors. But then you got the third one thrown in, and it just so happened to be the one. So it was like a 32-pack. Windex White Water. And it was, it was eight. Eight of the Riptide Rush, eight of the Glacier Freeze, and then 16 of the fucking horrendous Arctic Blitz. Yep. And goddamn, does that suck. Gatorade, you need to, you got to get rid of that one. God, yeah, I'm trying to think. Okay, so for me, 100%, I'm a Gatorade. Like, I, it, it, it's pretty binary. It's, it's Powerade over, or it's all sport over Powerade. Really? Because, yeah. Whoa! All, all sports right. carbonated. No, this is this is <laughs> egregious. I, I'm, we're tabling this with that. Let's let's just focus on Gatorade here because I've got some bones to pick with that statement. Okay. Well, let's just say I don't like Powerade at all. Like the blue, the the uh, See, Powerade never did it for me. No, no. And I, this is where so like Powerade. I, I Powerade was just kind of like now there. I'm thinking of Talladega Nights where I've got to say Powerade at every gra- family <laughs> grace. Like, <laughs> Ricky Bobby, which I just watched this week now too. Powerade was just kind of there. It was like the. It wasn't even like Pepsi to Coke there. Right. It, I mean, granted, yes, they are. You know, those particular companies own those own those beverages. But like, as as far as popularity, like Powerade was just kind of in the background. It's like, oh hey, oh we're going to this place and they only have Powerade. All right, whatever. Like, and, and I never felt like any connection to any of their drink names. I, I, like I it was always like, just blue. Red, yeah. yellow, yeah, <laughs> and maybe they don't even have names. I and don't even know. White, which yeah. is always a weird one for me. I'm like, eh. like, I'm, I just not, like, I would drink a Powerade. It's okay, but I'm not seeking it out ever. Like if right. I if I'm going to get a thirst quencher, it's gonna be a Gatorade. I love how it's a thirst quencher, not a sports beverage. Well, it's a sports beverage too. So yeah, for me, the reason I say all sport is above Powerade is because all sport tried. And they tried really, really hard and failed very, very, very yeah. They graciously I, they aimed for the stars and got about carbonated to the, sports They got drinks. they got to I would say the third floor and like fell over the balcony and went flat on their face. They they were counting to ten and made it to woo, <laughs> <laughs> and then just <laughs> bloop down. But like you know, carbonated sports. You know, you've been running around. Carbonation is going to be great for you. Yeah, to like, no, no, not at all. So like, I I liked it for that. But little, I'm hyperbole joking on that. I really, you know, I don't think if you gave me an all sport like today, I would gladly. Well, they reformulated. It. Yeah, I mean, if they're bringing things back like crystal clear Pepsi Zima, we're due to have some all sport <laughs> coming back. Like, I don't think that all sports sold enough to. To justify bringing it back. See, all of those things would go good if you put a little bit of vodka in them. <laughs> I disagree on the Allsport because Allsport had a horrendous vomit aftertaste. Maybe that was just your no, it wasn't. That? It, it was not. It okay. tasted like puke. So let's pull Allsport out, and so then we're just getting to the Giants, right? And it's like I've never seek out Powerade. I was always a Gatorade man. Yeah, I've always been Gatorade. Like, like I said, Powerade would just be like there. Like, if it, if they didn't have Gatorade, it's like all right, I'll get a Powerade, whatever. Yeah. So I I probably have Gatorade in my kitchen right now, so I'm looking for it. Like, and it's for me, Gatorade is not only a great thirst quencher for the the activities of of the summer, sure. the baseballs, the footballs, or anything like that. Gatorade is the best thing for hangovers, and it's like it's not that it's Gatorade is it it's a specific orange Gatorade <laughs> for a leave if I do that the night before I'll wake up at least feeling better <laughs> if not I'm gonna be struggling if you try to throw if you try to bring that weak shit in here and give me that lemon lime what about an orange Powerade oh fuck that that's not <laughs> even on the that's not even registering but if you bring that weak shit and give me like lemon lime I'll tell you to go try again if you bring that fruit punch if orange is available Awesome. If it's not available, go find orange and then try to bring the other ones. <laughs> Blue is okay. I mean, there. But 
the the weird ones are like the problem that I have sometimes with Gatorade mm-hmm. is you go to like Seven Eleven and I grab for the one that I think is orange, <laughs> and it's it happens to be like a Gatorade Extremo, yeah, Extremo, and it's like melon and ca- agave <laughs> like flavored uh, orange, and I'm like, this is not nope, it's cucumber and oh, yeah. honeydew. Like, like Gatorade did their like flavor experimentation thing, and that cucumber lime one is vile. Uh, I drank it once, and I I don't know why because I don't like cucumbers. And I I took like one drink of it, and then I burped cucumber for fucking like six hours. Ooh, spa water. It was her. I fucking hate cucumbers, and that just ruined my day. Like, thank you, fuck you, Gatorade. Like that's that's what I have to say to you about that flavor. Stocking stuffers <laughs> for me, orange Gatorade powder. You'll be in my good graces so, forever. Yeah. Did you like? Obviously, you know, playing youth sports and and high school sports. Like, did you guys did you guys sports? stock up on like the you know the the powder of Gatorade and and just load that bad boy? I've up? got three of them in the kitchen <laughs> right now. I've got red. Well, because orange, you're an athlete. Blue. Yeah, I'm an athlete. It's a three syllable yeah, word. We we always had lemon lime uh, because like that was back the then, one that came in the biggest one. And well, yeah, the back flagship. then, the, and they didn't make like the big jugs of powder in all the different flavors. So it's like I couldn't get. Um, you know, Riptide Rush or Glacier Freeze. It was always okay. Get a you get red, yellow, or orange. And it's like, all right, of those three, I'm taking lemon lime. Yeah, I'm. I do not like red Powerade or Gatorade. Like Fruit Punch. That's really sad. No thanks. That's really. Sad. What about Fruit Punch All Sport? No, I don't like All Sport ever. Okay, so what about Ecto Cooler? <laughs> yes, I'm for them. As a thirst quencher, a sports thirst. No, quencher? that's a that's a post game celebratory drink. We okay. covered that in an earlier episode. Oh, take back, <laughs> go back to that one. Um, like I'm if I'm gonna like if I'm gonna celebrate a uh, you know maybe my uh, you know Bronco League championship series and you know obviously you're not getting to pop a bottle of champagne and spray. Give me give me a couple of ecto coolers or a Kool Aid jammer. I'll shake that up and throw it all over the place for the championship. Or if you actually get the goggles hit, on, if you got hit by Randy Johnson, <laughs> or, yeah, if, I get, if I get plugged in the leg by a Randy Johnson fastball, then yeah, then give me an ecto cooler. I'll be I'm cool with think, it. I'm just thinking of like Major League the movie, <laughs> and I think of Roger Dorn just lean into it, like oh, he gets hit by pitches. Wild thing, Rick Vaughn, we left off of our uh, pitchers. That I we guess if you wanted to throw in a fictional picture, you could. What about Tony Danza in uh, Angels in the Outfield? Tiny dancer. He had nothing. Is the he had song. nothing left. So you'd, you'd be like getting hit by you know an eighty-four mile an hour fastball. What about Chet Stedman? <laughs> I mean, he Gary was washed Busey. up too. I wouldn't want to. I mean, that if you're talking physical intimidation, uh, yeah, Gary Busey for sure. Yeah, that, Gary that's, Busey that's, or that's, that's about as close as you're getting to Randy Johnson <laughs> at that point. <laughs> What if it was Gary Busey as a like pitcher in Black Sheep, or Gary Busey as the pitcher in uh, Rookie Under Indiana? Siege? <laughs> Under Siege. <laughs> we're di- we're degraded too far out here. I yes. Think that we need what to- what kind of Gatorade do you think Gary Busey would drink? I think he would drink his own urine. So lemon lime, <laughs> so lemon, lemon lime. lime all sport. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Um, so the cucumber lime one. So Extremo is always an interesting one. Uh, because I definitely bought that because I was like, oh, this is a cool package, and it was bad. It, it was less than Extremo. Yeah, it, it well, it was Malo. Extremo, but it was also Malo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the Powerade was interesting, too, because, like, they did get on the band of, like, I mean, they, I'm sure they still do, but they do, like, the athlete endorsements stuff. like Derrick Rose had a Powerade deal. Yeah, like, that's how'd that work? Yeah, out? well, I mean, that's unfortunate. It's his shoes that hurt his knees. Yeah, you know, don't don't ever get Adidas shoes if you're playing basketball. Uh, yeah. Apparently, that is just instant knee injury material. Um, but yeah, so like, I don't know. Like, Powerade was like the the middle child, I guess. Like, Gatorade is like the alpha. You know, they're they're out there moving and grooving. Like, they're number one. Then you have Powerade, which is there, and it's okay. But like no one really gives a shit, and then you have like the youngest kid who's like just running wild. It's like then that's all sports. Like oh fuck it, do whatever you want. Like the parents are too tired to deal with that shit anymore. And it's like oh yeah, oh you want to be carbonated? Sure, why not? Yeah, it's not like anyone will cramp up over this. <laughs> it's cramping my style. <laughs> but uh, any any final thoughts on uh, on sports sport, beverages? I think all sport had a gum line that they sold too. Why I they probably know. put caffeine in it yeah, and shit probably. too? It's like Jolt Cola. <laughs> yeah right. No, that's all I got. <laughs> all right, kids. Well, Patrick, why don't you send us off with uh, the, the various show information?
I will be glad to do this. Thank you again for joining us for our 33rd episode. 33rd. 33rd. 33rd episode of Oh This Podcast. It is more than uh, a pleasure for Steve and I to be able to do this and do this well for you. We've, we'll be trying to do it and doing it right. Uh, if you haven't done so, go to ohthispodcast.com. We've got links there so you can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on the Facebooks. It, we, we do the Facebooks right before here. I took a photo of Steve's mug, put it on there. It was great. Um, if you haven't done so, while you're at ohthispodcast.com, uh, go to the slash support page. And then if you're feeling saucy and want to shop with us, click on one of those Amazon links and uh, help us earn some money uh, to take and be able to put on the show for future endeavors. Buy Gatorade uh, Buy Extremo for, for yeah, Patrick. Yes, melon and <laughs> cucumber and biscuits and gravy Extremo. Because <laughs> um, that's a flavor. If not, I'm making it as a flavor. Um, but they yeah. did like a cookie dough, uh, like a SNL skit, I think, or like Mad TV skit where it was like <laughs> Gatorade cookie dough. It's just disgusting. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. But yeah, I think that's it. Steve, what beer did we have today? Yes, we drank the delicious Worldwide Stout, uh, oak-aged Worldwide Stout with vanilla from Dogfish Head in Delaware. It was fantastic. Delaware, I'm at Delaware. (laughs) It's great. One of the cool things that you're going to hear from us in the next coming weeks is, oh, this podcast is going to be going on a road show. Road trip. We're saddling up and riding our pony to go watch the ponies. You see what I did there? If Genuine is playing in Vegas when we're there. Oh, gosh. (laughs) If not, I'm going to put them on my phone. But we're going to be taking the head out to Vegas and also down to the Breeders' Cup. We're going to be doing some live recording there. So please stay tuned for that. If you have any ideas, show ideas while we're in Vegas, let us know. We're... We're going to do some buffets. We're going to watch some horse races. We're going to do a lot of stuff. Yeah. It should be a good time. We're going to do stuff with things. Stuff with things, you know. (laughs) But until then, I'm Steve. I'm Patrick. And we are out. 